Welcome to the Free Rocky Nation. I'm your host, Amanda. In the second podcast on this channel, I told you the story of how my father came to be in prison. Today's episode is the second part of that story, the appeals and innocence projects that my father and I have contacted. Just to recap, my father's trial was a sham with perjured testimony and no physical evidence. His public defender, Bernard, never spoke on my father's behalf at trial. He never even attempted to defend him, some public defender. My father was shot down on the appeal in both the direct appeal and post-conviction petitions by the state and federal courts. He also submitted a clemency petition to then-Governor Pat Quinn. Pat Quinn left it unanswered. Governor Rahner answered it with a denial. While working on the appeals and clemency petition, my father also acquired the proof that public defender Bernard should have presented at trial. When my father explained his case to the Innocence Projects, they too turned him down. They would say, perjury cases are hard to win. We only do death and penalty, death penalty rather, and life sentences cases on murder. Ineffective assistance of trial counsel cases and the state attorney presenting false testimony are too hard to overturn. Once your lawyer does not get it on the trial record and object at trial, your fate is sealed. Those responses were hard to hear. Some Innocence Projects simply explained that they did not have the budget to do what was needed in the case to expose the perjury. Professor Protest and the Northwestern Innocence Project, quote, wished my dad luck. Barry Sheck said, no DNA, then no way. The Centurion Project and the Springfield University Mid-State Innocence Project both said the same, that they needed DNA evidence to take on the case. My father became an author, so he could expose the truth hidden in dusty law books sitting on shelves somewhere. Once I was old enough to help my father, we started exposing his case using social media. Flash forward to today, the truth is out there, and it's on Amazon. Never-ending nightmare is the story of my dad's trial. Let's revisit the evidence that should have been presented at trial. I will discuss what my father has learned since that fateful day in the Illinois courtroom 27 years ago. Detective Rob Powers left his business card in our back door with a message from my father to, quote, come to the police station, end quote. Why did the detective leave his business card? Oh. That's because my father had no phone and hadn't for a while. We had an outstanding phone bill of over $2,000. Our phone service was shut off and no one else would give us service. Detective Powers had to track my dad down to deliver his message. My father went to the station and told Detective Powers he was home with my brother the night of the armed robberies. My brother Rod had been sick and up most of the night with my dad. Detective Powers questioned my brother Rod in December of 1992. He also checked Rod's school records, <coughs> excuse me, school records to verify that Rod was late to school the morning after the crimes. Rod had even missed the bus due to being up all night sick. Rod told Detective Powers the same thing my father had. My father still accuses Scott Walden of subornation of perjury. Scott Walden, state's attorney, knew my father had no phone service in December of 1992. 
Detective Rob Power knew my father had no phone service in December of 1992, hence the business card on our door. They needed to tie Kent Humphrey to my father during the armed robberies. They had no evidence, so they created it. Rob Power took the stand as the chief investigating officer and said he called my father's house on December 14, 1992 to interview my father about my father's alibi on the night of the crimes. To Detective Power's surprise, Kent Humphrey answered my father's home phone. Then, Detective, Detective Power testified that he interviewed Kent Humphrey for over an hour on my home phone. He said Kent told him Kent was staying at my father's home. Officer Power would testify that he told Kent to tell my father to call Officer Power once he got home. Kent told this same story to the jury. This hour-long phone call would have occurred on the same phone that Detective Powers could not use to contact my father for questioning. Detective Powers took the stand knowing his testimony about the call was false and gave his false testimony anyway. So, Detective Powers, which was it? Did we have a phone or not? Did you deliver your message via your business card stuck on our door or via Kent Humphrey, with whom my father was not speaking to at the time? Did you ever produce a witness to Kent's couch crashing at my house? I know that my brother, father, stepmother, and I never said that Kent was at our house that night. State's Attorney Scott Walden suborned Detective Power to take the stand and give false testimony against my father in their circumstantial evidence case. Why did the state's attorney make such an effort? Because there was no physical evidence to present. The jury believed what the state's attorney and the detective were saying and believed that they would not violate the law to get a conviction. Obviously, the jury was wrong. Listeners of the Free Rocky Nation already know that Kent's testimony was a lie. Power's corroboration of Kent's testimony made the jury believe them, however. Public defender Bernard refused to produce the phone records that demonstrated the outstanding bill and subsequent disconnection at my father's trial. He failed to refute this phone call story and refused to expose Kent Humphrey and Rob Powers giving false testimony at the request of state's attorney Scott Walden. A prosecutor is bound by law to be sure everything he presents to a jury is the truth. So I ask Scott Walden and Rob Powers, why did you both lie at my father's trial? We know why Kent lied. He lied to get a reduced sentence. These two men were officers of the court. If my father's public defender would have produced these phone records and exposed Kent, Rob Powers, and Scott Walden perjuring themselves, what would, the, that, what would that jury have thought? Would it have changed the outcome of my father's trial? These are the questions that haunt my soul. Don't forget to visit our blog at FreeLarryRockyHarrisX2.com. Like us on Facebook at LarryRockyHarris1959. Email us with your questions. Email address freerocky at freerockynation.org. 
Listen to Free Rocky Nation on Spotify, iTunes, and Pandora. Buy my dad's books on Amazon. You'll find titles such as Never Ending Nightmare, which was featured in this episode. 100 Filthy and Raunchy Jailhouse Jokes. 100 More Filthy and Raunchy Jailhouse Jokes. And The Prisoner's Guide to Filing a Winning Grievance. As always, reach out to your loved ones that are incarcerated and keep on listening to the Free Rocky Nation.